Hi, editor here. Sorry we keep uh, meeting like this, but uh, this one is a good one. It's ready or not. It was recorded in October, so don't be alarmed if you hear some past references and things like that. I just wanted to give you the heads up so you're not scared when you start hearing some old spooky stuff again, you know? But that's it. Enjoy. Enjoy. We go out there. You do it. You do it. You're doing great. Nice one. Okay, here we go. So Did You Like It, the film podcast that you can lose with the thousands and thousands of other film podcasts, but we're not going to be critics, we're not going to throw a number at the end of the conversation, we're just going to ask that question. So did you like it? I am Sir Square and joined as always with my co-host. Ready or not, it's Kai. And uh, fine, just spoil it for everybody, we watched Ready or Not. Oh shit, we did. Uh, this movie is directed by Matt uh, Bettinelli Oppen. Op- I probably got that all wrong, and I'm sorry. Tyler Gillett, and it's written by Guy Busick and R. Christopher Murphy. This is a film that came out in 2019. is a black comedy horror film about a woman joining a, uh, getting married to her fiance, joining her fiance's family in a ritual in which they have to play a game at midnight that takes a very dark turn. The bad game of. And we actually, TV. this was like a. Parcheesi is already a high-intensity blood sport. I don't know how to play Parcheesi. <laughs> then I can't have this conversation with you. Sorry, you're, you're just right. A pleb. <laughs> you're right. I, I'm... If you're if you're a Parcheesi pleb, I can't talk to you about this. I'm uh, I'm I'm ruining the podcast right now. You're right. I'm sorry. Quickly Google Parcheesi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell me the rules because I don't know how to play either. Parcheesi is a cross-and-circle board game that originated in ancient India. It is described as ancient text, I cannot pronounce that respectfully, under the name Pasha. Let me try. Mahabharata? Yeah, yeah. That was definitely offensive. I'm just kidding. I couldn't have done any better. I'm only guessing, but I think I got it kind of close, actually. Uh, You did better than I did with the director's name. Uh, Yeah, like you were saying, this was a suggestion. This was a movie suggested to us by a friend, so we sat down and watched it on Wednesday. Um, hi, how do we how, how do we start this one off? You know, when this movie was picked, I did warn you of uh, of gonna be a little gory, and the main lady screams like a fucking banshee, and she does it well. She does scream like yes, Samara Weaving. She is one of the best parts of this movie. She is phenomenal in her performance and gives it throughout the entirety of it from start to finish whenever she's on the screen like you're invested in her story yeah yeah i think much like the movie i'm bringing up another movie to talk about this movie this is already a bad start Uh, much like in the movie um happy death days both of these movies have a very kind of dumb premise (laughs) if you talk about it on paper it's like well that sounds fucking stupid but it's very much carried by, like, the main lead lady uh, who kind of gets this kind of dumb premise. And, like, they really, really do carry it, a, a lot of it, on their own. But uh, I will say about this one, it does have a kind of a really good cast and different characters that you feel ways about. Yeah, yeah. I I especially like uh, the actress that plays um, Helen LeDemas, the, the, the aunt... The stern-faced aunt. 
Yeah. She's pretty great throughout this entire film as well. She's not even this supernatural, like, it, but I feel like she could be in like a fucking supernatural horror movie because <laughs> she looks so scary. <laughs> oh yeah, she totally could be. Oh, uh, she should be like the when they make the nun three, she should be the head nun in the coven where the nun starts doing nun things again. <laughs> With hair that looks like she's married to the fucking cold miser. Great. <laughs> Um, but yeah, she is greatness. She's kind of a stern asshole, and you don't realize exactly who she... I mean, you know she's married into this, but the movie kind of starts off, uh, you know, right in the action as you see, like, there's some kind of uh, ceremony, like, thing going on. This guy's, like, kind of running, runs into these kids, gets shot with, like, you know, arrows as they find him, uh, and then you got, like, a lady who's crying about it, whatever, and it turns out that was a flashback, um... Or at the very beginning, it was like, that was her marriage. And she, that was her husband. Yeah, she had, she had brought someone into the family, and they had to kill him. Look, sometimes they just don't pass the test. Yeah. And even though you spend all of the money on the wedding ceremony, and you're not going to get that money back, and the investment's kind of Oh, that deposit's gone. Dead. Yeah, that deposit's so gone. It's like, you can't get a return on something that's already done. Like, you just can't. Well, at least he gets the But hey, he there. didn't pass the test and he died. Like, like... I, I, in, in a way, it is the family's fault, but like, at the point, at that point of the story, they're so far in, they kind of did have to kill him. <laughs> kind of not a lot of great options for them. <sighs> like, I, it's hard to talk about this movie, man. Like, I'm going to be honest with you. It's really hard for me to talk about this movie. Because to me, like this is it, it is a good movie, like like from point A to point B, this is a good movie. I cannot give you a lot of criticism about this movie. It's just, it's a situation. that's like I don't really know what to say in this moment. It's, it's a film that is very easily explained. Like, it. This movie reminds me of a conversation that I had with our editor Tucker. And I think you were part of this conversation, too, where it was about the evolution of horror and, like, where we're going as, like, a society that enjoys horror. Um, like, what what is the next big horror monster for these films? And it's the super rich. And, like, this is what we get. It's another situation of, like, the super rich who is so, you know, disconnected from the rest of, like society and reality because they are so up their own ass they don't understand that they are wrong in what they do and they're going to murder an innocent woman because they want to stay rich and they don't want to die and lose all of their money because they still think they're the most important people in the world because they are the domas family domas i feel like i would have made fun of their name more if it was domas yeah i don't know if i'm pronouncing it right i think uh I think to uh, or or something like that. so so we don't um, so we can stop beating around the bush and get to the actual like start talking about the movie without dancing around it. Um, the, they made a deal with Satan, or like at least their great 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 or whatever the fuck I don't know how many greats grandfather made a deal with Satan to have all these riches, and so he was I guess became like a multi billionaire by creating like games like board games and shit, <clears throat> uh, and so. As part of this 
deal with Satan to continue their family line and success. Uh, whenever someone gets married into the, or whenever someone's in the family gets married, they have some kind of ceremony where they sit down. A random game is chosen, and they just have to play that game um, mm-hmm. to completion. And then that's it. The God, Satan, I guess, is sated with that. He's like, yeah, hey, cool. Love that checkers. Or Old Maid, I think, was one of them. <laughs> um, but if the random game happens to be hide-and-seek, for some reason, specifically, only that one has to be a game to the death, where the family... Now, the thing is, all the other games has to play it, has to play it to completion, doesn't matter who wins. They just have to play the game. For some reason, it matters when they get hide-and-seek that the family has to kill this person by sacrificing them on some kind of altar with some kind of ceremonial dagger as a sacrifice to Satan. It, it couldn't have been that, like, oh, maybe the person hides in the house, and if they're not found, oh, well, at least they played the game to completion. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, at least Satan could have put some, some, some twists on it. Like, you know, oh, it's checkers, but your pieces have thumbtacks sticking out of them. <laughs> <laughs> it shoots its snakes and ladders, but with actual snakes. We're not talking about Lair of the White Worm. You can't make me. We're already done with it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not Lair of the White Worm. It's not white snakes. It's deadly black adders. <laughs> I'm not going to beat around the bush here. You get bit, you're fucked. All right, fine. And, you know, and then you play Candyland with Candyman. It's great. <laughs> you don't want to know what goes on in Candyland at that time. No. You don't want to know Satan's Candyland. <laughs> but... It is a dark, dangerous, desolate place. It'll make you wish for the circles of hell again. Do not go to Satan's Candyland. Well, now I want to see Satan's Candyland. Though this sounds like a, a euphemism. I feel like I'm going to get propositioned for sex. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you only wish it was that simple. I mean, the idea that I would be propositioned for sex is problematic on its own, I feel. but <laughs> So hide-and-seek is the lethal one for some reason. And so, sure enough, the beginning intro, when we see the aunt's husband die, he got hide-and-seek, and now uh, Samara Weaving uh, Grace draws uh, hide-and-seek. Oh, hide and seek. Like, why do we have to play that? And, like, everyone's immediately like, ah, shit. <laughs> I mean, she's not. Playing. Except, except Helen. Helen was immediately like, oh, hell yeah, let's go. Didn't seem to like her anyways, it seems. Um, well, she, it's because she says in the film, too, she knew this was going to happen. Because she knew that, like, Alex was meant to be the leader of the family, the one that Grace marries. So she basically, uh, I guess they're trying to insinuate that she suspected, uh, like, from a young age for Alex that, like, he would be the one to have to go through what she went through. Yeah, and I guess that's the only and way And probably to make in her mind, it. she should have been the head of the family after what had happened to her. Huh. Um, yeah. Because you can tell she does not like her brother. Does not give a shit about her brother. Doesn't seem to give it much of a shit about anybody. I guess she does have her all of her eggs in a- Alex's basket, but like, <laughs> she's kind of a bitch. But she to wants she Alex well. to act like a proper member of the family. Yeah, which him running away from the family and going off to go find someone um, was not part of their plan. 
In fact, I think there's even a moment where, uh, like, the mom goes up to a, uh, up to the bride and, like, tells her something along the lines of, like, thank you for bringing back into the fold, which immediately had the reaction from all of, you know, p- some people watching with this of, like, oh, no, oh, no, that's the red flag immediately. That's an immediate red flag. We're fucked. Why are we doing this? Oh, shit. Oh, shit. I, I mean, you could count all the red flags. I don't think you have enough fingers, but, like... Did none of this, did none of, none of these things just kind of signal before, because this is the first time her, her meeting her family, because he, you know, wanted to be estranged from them. So, but, like, didn't, no other red flags or anything come up? I guess Alex seems like a normal dude, other than yeah his family. I mean, that's the thing, too, like, they set up Alex to be the normal guy, you know, and I think they did that very well at the beginning of the movie. That like he does not want to be a part of this family, yeah, and like wants out no matter what. But in reality, that's fucking Daniel, man. Oh yeah, Daniel's MVP. We stand Daniel. Love that guy. Oh yeah, no, Daniel is my if if I could cradle anyone from this movie and protect them against my my chest as I just tell them it'll be okay. As we go into the su- into the dark night, it is Daniel. It is the, the sweet okay. boy. One, I one hundred percent agree, but <laughs> <laughs> that one that one fuck up lady who killed so many of the the, the help around the house by accident was such a goddamn Emily. hot mess. Whatever, yeah, came pretty close for me. <laughs> She was so. I don't know. You also, you also were feeling Fitch a little bit too. Oh yeah. See, I just like the pathetic characters. Like the, the <laughs> man is sitting on the fucking can, going like, "How the fuck do I use a crossbow?" And looking up YouTube tutorials. It's kind of hilarious. The the humor for this movie is pretty good. Yeah, it does get its humor. Uh, it it gets its jokes in, as well as it needs to. Um. Oh, what was that one moment when she's with uh, when he when Fitch is with Daniel's wife? Uh, what's her name? Charity, and it's just like just like so packed, right? Like if this goes go south, you and I just dip. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's Fitch. Okay, he, like fits his family, right? Like you if if <laughs> Fitch is kind of the realist, I'm just saying my penchant for for um for like you know absolute train wreck people or characters is when this fucking girl shot a second maid on accident again cries into her dad's arm saying why does this always happen to me and i'm like "Mm." (laughs) hold on she's damaged i can work with this anyways (laughs) (laughs) i can work with this god i love the first no after the first time when she kills the maid the first maid with the gun and then it's just like, well, I'm so sorry, I messed up. And then, like, immediately he's, like, taking a bump of cocaine off of the back <laughs> of her hand in front of a mirror, just like, all right, Emily, you can fucking do this. Like, let's go. <sighs> Does she have drugs just stashed everywhere in the house? Because it seems like in any room she's in, she knows, like, she just, like, is hanging out in, like, I don't know, like, the uh, the lounge area, and she's just, like, founds a, a bottle of pills, and she starts just taking stuff and... And then, yeah, she takes so much... Oh, she's just got... She has drugs on her at all times. She... There are drugs in the house, but she also just has them 
Like, she does a couple of bumps of cocaine, she takes some downers, I think, and then at one point, after she's having a breakdown, after, like, being the royal fuck-up of the family, I think it's Daniel or one of her family members, like, pulls her aside and is like, let's go get you some some, some edibles so you can come down. (laughs) Let's mail you out real quick. (laughs) (laughs) At least his head's in the right spot. If you're going too hard... A little bit of weed. You know, so I'll say this. Though they seem catty and bitchy, they do seem like a, you know, cohesive front. They all seem to work together, even if they don't seem to particularly stand each other. This is an incredibly high-functional, dysfunctional family. Yeah, I think that's just how rich people are. The few that I've known. They really do do that well. Yeah. And Henry Cherney as the patriarch, Tony. Of course his name's Tony as well. Fucking... Of course, his name is Tony in this movie. (laughs) He looks like a Tony. I love how just, like, he plays that brittle man so well, where it's just, like, he's so confident at the beginning of the movie, but just the first fuck-up, and that that veneer just cracks and falls, and he is just a scared man who has no idea what the fuck he's doing. Yeah, yeah, because he's like, oh, yeah, like, she tells him, like, isn't it kind of unfair? Y'all got cameras around the place, and he's like, no one ever uses, like, we never use the cameras. Come on, we make it sporting, thinking she'll be an easy mark. But the moment that um, someone else dies that's not her, and they're like, oh, fuck, we actually don't know where she is, he's immediately like, well, fuck it, let's use the cameras. Look, great-granddad would have used cameras if they had them back then, so it's not cheating. (laughs) Which, I'm not going to lie, he probably would have. Yeah, probably. He seems like such... He made a deal with the devil. He would take any opportunity he could. He doesn't fucking that care if he's cheating. Too. Fuck it. Like, <laughs> Fuck I wanna, it! I want to have this done by tea time, man. Let's get... <laughs> yeah, he's got tea time at 8. He was hoping to be in bed by like 2 a.m. You know, fucking an hour of chasing her down, an hour of ritual sacrifice... Or 30 minutes ritual sacrifice, 30 minutes in the shower cleaning everything up, bing, bang, boom, up in time for tea time you only got six hours maybe like four to five hours of sleep but hey still got that tea time yeah you got to spend two minutes with the wife realize the wife is uninterested spend five minutes with your hand and then you know gotta <laughs> join the family again yeah i don't i don't know how becky is still with tony i don't get it i mean i do get it because you know they they both probably murdered for the family and they they both love their money so much that they can't consider themselves other anything other but rich and in charge yeah but you know well if they were normal people i can't see these two working out i think the mom is one of those like do it for the kids kind of people because she really does seem to care for her (laughs) at least alex i don't really know how she feels about the rest of the kids do they give any kind of hint on what she how she feels about her children because it seems like she really cares about alex she's not so much worried about emily because Emily will just do anything the family says. She cares. She wants Alex back because she's family oriented and she wants Alex in the fold. And she's just worried about Daniel. Like, because he's staying with the family, but he is falling apart, like, more and more every year. He even, like, is a self professed alcoholic of the family or something, right? Yeah. I relate. He doesn't hide it. He doesn't give a shit. Yeah. Um,. You know what this movie does really well as well? It makes Boy. sure you can never, besides Daniel, you never feel any 
ounce of remorse for any of the other characters. None of the characters are redeemable to Grace. And even at the briefest moments when you think for a second they're going to be redeemable, they slip that one thing in just to remind you, nope, they did make deals with the devil. They don't care about you. They just look human. Yeah, I, I think the, the funny thing about you saying that is like the closest they get to almost having any other character being possibly, uh, you know, like uh, being a, a relatable or, or kind of like empathetic character is when, you know, they're, uh, I think Emily and Daniel are worried, you know, talking about like, you know, well, what if this actually, what if it actually happens? What if we all die, you know, if we don't kill her kind of thing? And then Daniel's like, well, we deserve it. And then doesn't Emily says something along the lines of like, my children don't. And you're like, oh, fuck. My yeah. children don't deserve it. And you're like, oh, yeah, I guess they are kind of innocent. Then this fucking bitch-ass kid gets up and is like, I shot her, mom. <laughs> it's like, yeah, never mind. the kids... Because that's what everybody else was doing. Yeah, never mind. The kids can fry in hell, dude. <laughs> and then, yeah, well, first they do that. And then she's just like, I am so proud of you. Mm. And, and it's just like you know, cooing and, like, petting his head while telling him he, she, he did the right thing, while Daniel is just disassociating, watching his family just, like, further fall into this murderous obsession. Yeah, and at that point, you're like, yeah, no, they're, they're not. <laughs> and even the maid, too. The maid, the third maid that dies, uh, who gets crushed by the dumbwaiter, you see her like hiding and is scared, and sh when Grace finds her, uh, the maid's just like, "I don't even know what's going on. I'm just a maid. I'm not even a maid. He just likes the way I dance for him." And then just like, "It's fine. They're just after me," and just trying to get her out, trying to help, and immediately just turns like, "Oh, really? Like she's over here. She's over here. Like she's yeah. like right here." And then like accidentally hits the button, and as she's crushing, being crushed to death, starts asking for help from the same woman she was about to just, like, turn over for ritual sacrifice. Yeah. Well, I can't say whether or not the uh, the first two maids that were killed are the same way. Um, but Oh, they were definitely in on it. But, yeah. But I'm guessing... <laughs> I'm guessing the way the movie went, yeah, that everyone deserved it. That main butler, though, that guy really works hard for that family. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's all up into that bloodline. He's been there since the beginning, and he'll be there till he dies. All right, I don't know shit about opera music, but he was doing that like da 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 that song. He was kind of singing that to himself. Um, and that kind of helped Grace because at the time she was hiding in the kitchen, and he's in the kitchen making himself like tea or some shit. And then I think she's like trying to like load the gun very quietly. In case she needs to defend herself. Uh, oh, I think first she tries to shoot the, the door uh, lock or handle so it can she can just, you know, escape on out. But it wasn't loaded, I think? Oh, it, uh, yeah, she first tries to, and yeah, it wasn't properly loaded. Then she she's trying to, like, sneak around and load the gun while he's kind of, like, walking around the kitchen and he's kind of, like, singing to himself, which kind of lets her kind of do things... Uh, covertly uh but then it turns out that i think all the bullets for that were like props they're not real or not yeah they were just display ammo um i'm taking too long explaining this but yeah and then she has she's really great at improvised weapons she'll just 
you know, the thing you yell at most, like, you know, main characters or characters in horror movies where you're like, just grab something, just use something, you grab a furniture. She's, I can't say that about her. She's really good at just finding something to smack someone with. She, uh... She's gonna find something. She doesn't need you to tell you that, she, tell her that. What, because she hits him in the face with the teapot that he just brewed. So, hot water and broken pieces of porcelain all over his face. She beats, I think, the dad's ass with a lantern. I think that she picks up. And then she kills the mom with, like, the box, I think, that has the different game, random game cards in it. Oh, yeah. Beats her face in. <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to think if she used any other uh, weapons where she just, like, just... I think, well, I mean, she got shot at, I think, by... Uh, was it Emily or Charity? I think it was Emily, because Emily sucks, and so... Because, yeah, whoever shot at her, she went and just grabbed the gun and, I think, started, like, beating them. Yeah, no, that's what it is. And, she, and actually, now that I think about it, let me, let me look at this one. She grabs the gun... She tries to shoot, but it's out of bullets by then. And so the person who had I think it was Charity then, came at her, and she just hits her with the gun. Yeah, no, she'll use any weapon she can. So, yeah, wait, wait. Then Georgie shoots her. So she, Georgie shoots her in the hand. She knocks out Georgie. Decks that kid. Um, dun, 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 dun. Are you scrubbing through the movie right yeah, now? Yeah, so she only kills the driver, the head butler. And then kills the mom. I don't even know if I'd say the butler was fully her her doing, because it was a car accident. No, remember, uh, she, she chokes him out. Oh. Like, she suffocates okay, him to death. Okay, fully chokes his ass out? Yeah, so, no, he dies. He dies. Still, but then, at any point. Yeah, then she kills, she kills Charity. Does she kill Charity? Or not Charity, she kills Becky. And then, that's it. That is the only two kills she actually has. Well, yeah, she, she has only the really same... defends herself throughout the the movie. She has like the same body count as Emily. <laughs> yeah, like that's the craziest thing that like it's really just like there's a lot of like it's now that I'm like putting into it like it's just like wow really only like five people die before the ending of the movie happens. I was gonna say why well, by not dying she killed other people. That seems like victim blaming. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah that's on them but i do like how dare they die i do like that the butler died like you know one of the reasons he dies is because they so he she he couldn't hear her moving around the kitchen because he was singing that song to himself so he was distracted allowing her to sneak up on him then when he finally catches her he has her in the back of the car drugged and he's driving and he puts the same song on that he was singing and that's the reason why he doesn't hear her getting up and he doesn't know that she's, you know, waking up and ready to strike back at him. So both times that song has led to his downfall against this woman. I love to, like, they're watching uh, the camera feed on the phone. And, like, she gets up and causes the car crash. And they're like, no, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> at the end of it, they're just like, ah. Ah, fuck. I think what's also really funny is, as we, as I pointed out, like, you know, some of the red flags being raised, we had some people we were watching this with, and they're pointing out the red flags, and I said during watching the movie, I was like, you know, honestly, some of these probably were major red flags, but as someone is not well off and affluent, <laughs> and not affluent as I am, I would have just chalked it up to, like, rich people stuff. If I had married into a rich family, 
I'd have just been like, man, I think that's just how fucking rich people are, man. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I would have. I would have absolutely just given the benefit of the doubt and just said, like, I don't know. It's just a world I don't know about, man. <laughs> oh, so so you marry into a rich family. You only have to play old maid. Like five years later, a family member gets married. You have to do hide and seek. It's the first time you're in part of this ritualistic murder spree, and you're just like. I don't know, man. It's a world I've not really accustomed to yet. I haven't been a part of it for so long. Yeah. These are rules I just don't know. You know my dumbass would just be like picking up the crossbow and be like, I guess when in Rome. <laughs> this is how the Romans do, right? <laughs> Sorry, we have to be we have to be like the uh, the meme culture of today and just be like, this is my Roman Empire. So, Kaz, how often do you think... I don't understand that. <laughs> <laughs> how often am I supposed to think about the Roman Empire? I don't know. It's three times... I don't know if I'm supposed to have a high number or a low number. I'm going to say, like, maybe three, four times it's, a year. It's, it's a balance. If you're telling me that you're thinking about it eight times a day, that means you're thinking about it in maybe, like, five-minute increments. But if you're telling me you think about it four times a day... About six hour or four hour increments. I know that you're a true man. I was gonna say I think about it maybe like three or four times a year. <laughs> I don't know how often I'm supposed to think about the Roman Empire. Obviously, more than that. Right now, I get to be the old man who doesn't understand memes on the podcast right now. <laughs> Your generation helped build them, but now they're gone for you. I don't know why I said that. You. You and I are technically of the same generation. <laughs> you damn, you damn kids, and your Rome and your Dogecoin. We invented Doge, motherfuckers. <laughs> here, here, let me get you to bed, Grandpa. We got you your Rage comics over here. <laughs> I invented the troll phase. Oh, memes, memes were so bad. Never mind. I'm not going to get distracted with memes right now. Fuck it. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I would have just fallen for it because I would have just been like, I don't know. I mean, at a certain point, I would have. That's why I think I like Fitch so much because I would have been just like, hey, this is dumb, right? Like, they just go home. Let your family kill this poor lady. Like, this is like, like, I'm not really a part of this. Like, they're talking about blood. Like, I'm married in, yes, but like, I'm not actually family, like, blood family. I mean, I don't blame him, to be honest. Like, I, it's a situation where, like, he, you can tell he never believed it and he didn't give a shit because he liked the money so much. Yeah. You had to Google packs with Satan real or bullshit, I think. <laughs> is the devil real? I don't, yeah. He's texting a friend, like, what up, dude? He's just like, just dealing with family shit, you know? <laughs> I would, yeah, just, you, you know, it'd be suspicious if you get a text message from me, and all of a sudden I'm like, hey, guys, did y'all know Satan was real? <laughs> crazy shit, not clickbait. It's like, well, all right then, crazy. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's Satan, and oddly enough, the cat in the hat. Real. Turns out, real. Those are the only two things, Satan and Cat in the Hat. <laughs> I didn't see it either. I, I, honestly, that's scary, man. And it's not that the devil is the one that's scaring me. 
That's worse than you think. Because if you try to tell me, if you try, that's like telling me that Popeye the sailor exists, and that would be fucking terrifying if that man existed. Right? Like you cannot, we cannot bring these characters into reality. Like this is that dangerous type of thinking right yeah. now. Those um, the man just ate spinach and a whole whole a whole foreign navy was the murdered man, that day. The man didn't just eat spinach. The man could the man could chew up iron and spit out chains. What I'm what I'm saying is he ate a can of spinach and then the uh, the tattoo on his forearm shot actual cannonballs and it murdered a whole navy. There were no survivors. <laughs> there were no survivors. <laughs> back to the movie. I, um, yeah, back to the movie. Um, there's only one part I think because you. I think the the CGI and the effects in this are kind of are kind of a little campy. They're a little goofy, um, but one part that kind of really just like ooh, ooh makes me makes me kind of like cringe every time. It's it's the nail in the hand. <laughs> so this... oh my gosh, when it was coming and we knew it was gonna happen, everybody on the call was just like, no 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 no, please don't no <laughs> yeah. no 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 no. They set it up so they like they signposted so hard that you're just you don't. You know it's gonna happen. There's no. I think there's almost no doubt in your mind. It's just the dread of like, oh, oh, it's gonna happen, but I don't want it to happen. Because <laughs> this this lady oh, gets shot it's... in the hand by one of the little shitlings before she punches him, and then it was. I was just gonna ask, like, did you do the same thing when she slammed her hand into the nail? Did you also grab your hand and just go, ah? Yeah, I was the one who, the only one in the call who had actually seen the movie, so I knew it was coming, and I warned all of you. I said, oh, if you're squeamish, you might want to look away. And I didn't even say why, because everyone could see what, we, like I said, it was so well signposted, everyone knew what was going to happen. But yeah, I was holding my hand just like right in the middle, right in that Jesus nail area. Um, <laughs> yeah, in the Jesus she gets spot. shot like right through the hand, and then she falls into this little well with like these funny little like goofy looking skeletons. I don't know; they look cute. I think these <laughs> little little. Well, yeah. Well, remember, some of them are corpses. Like some of them are like human corpses, but a lot of them are also just goats. There's just all these little skeletons, uh, and then yeah, she's trying to like climb the ladder to get back out of there. There's like one nail at the very, very top of the well that's just sticking out like. I don't know, a good, like, inch and a half. And as she's trying to climb the ladder... Which, honestly... Honestly, craftsmanship. that means that oh. the uh, the house staff is totally as sh- shitty at their jobs as the rich people are as well. Because you're telling me you saw that and you didn't think to yourself, I can't grab a hammer and fix this real quick? Like, what the fuck? Come on. I could see myself getting that lazy. <laughs> Walking yeah, in. see? You see? And what's going to happen when OSHA shows up, sees that, and be like, look, this is a protruding nail next to your designated uh, murder any weight box. over a private residence? I mean, don't let OSHA get involved with anything, because they'll make themselves involved. Okay. I'm just, Do you want that? I'm just thinking for my house to get a private contractor or something. I don't know that they have to go by OSHA rules, but either way. Look. Yeah, it does not. Oh, you're right. You're right. Not OSHA. Sorry, I need to make it worse. It's code. I thought you were gonna say the HOA. Look, the homeowners association will never stand for this. Oh no, I'm sorry. I don't believe a homeowners association exists within that neighborhood. 
no one person could ever get power over the other. They would all just, like, it would turn into, like, a fucking there will be blood situation in that neighborhood. <laughs> literal Everyone's state. trying to drink everyone else's milkshake I was saying, all literal the Literal Satan is gonna be sitting in his chair just watching these fucking idiots go at each other. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, the, the ladder breaks under her, and so she has to, like, kind of jump up to kind of reach the last bit of it and sure enough she has a hole in her hand and that's the oh no she has one hand hold up but she can't hold herself with just the one hand which by the way way more strength than i would ever be able to have already uh and then so yeah to get more you know leverage and get more strength uh she puts the other hand up to try to grab the ledge and that's the one that goes th with the hand with the hole in it goes through the nail and i'm already wincing just thinking about it and even with that this debilitating injury, she's able to pull herself back up and out of there. Um, so, yeah, I... It just... I'm, uh, that part, I think, was, like... It hurts. That part, I think, was the goriest, because, uh, you know, when she falls into the, the uh, well in the first place, there's CGI flies that look pretty bad. They just look like big circles. <laughs> black dots. Yeah, just black dots swarming around. They look really silly. The skeletons, as I said, are kind of cute. And at the very, very end, when we have this big uh, finale, literally everyone explodes into just blood, and it's kind of so cartoony and CGI that I'm like, I don't know, I don't really count it. So I think the goriest, most like pain-inducing part, I think, is the nail in the hand. I, I did not like it. I did not like it. Especially because you know that hand fell through a couple corpses, so now there's like corpse grossness on it too and it's like uh... yeah he's gonna have to go to fucking see a doctor get so many inoculations <laughs> like oh god the doctor might just look at this like look we could just cut it off i don't know if the hand is where it stops man she had so many people blow up on her into just blood <laughs> that dress okay that... when everyone when when she escapes right at dawn and everyone starts blowing up because it turns out the curse is real and the devil is real. Uh, when she starts laughing, that was really good. Oh, that was such a good sequence. She sells that moment yeah. so well. Where, like, she's done. She's so done. She knows she's won. And she can just watch these, like, they're not human to her anymore. She doesn't see these people as people anymore. She just sees these as monsters getting their own, like, their own medicine, you know? Yeah. It's it's a really funny scene, because she's just laughing deliriously. Has people's blood on her. Her dress is torn to shit. She's got injuries. And she's even just, like, snort laughing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, she's got a... It's, it's a cute laugh. She does have a cute laugh. Yeah, I think they even had that earlier, like right at the very beginning. I think they're just yeah. looking around at each other and she kind of snort laughs. Um, and it comes back. That to is her head. normal laugh. It's like, aw, look at you. Pretty adorable, yeah. Um, Pretty endearing. Also, the moment when like Alex dies and like she throws the ring, I want a divorce, he blows up. Then she looks at the head of the table, the, like the demon pops up for a second, giving her a nod in flames, and she's just like, shit! Ah! <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> Alright then! She Damn! She really has the best reactions because, yeah, oh fuck. That was... She just stared Satan in the eyes and then, yeah, she just goes out for a cigarette in front of the flaming house. Okay, so you know that, like, 
you know <laughs> you know how Grace is probably going to need a lot of therapy after what happened to her? Yeah. Do you know who else is going to need a lot of therapy? Anyone left? Justin, the trip advisor call guy. <laughs> or the OnStar, oh. like, guy. Like, that dude, when he reads in the newspaper what happened and that he was the man on that phone call, oh, the amount of therapy he's going to go through. <laughs> Ah, whatever. Justin sounds like an asshole. He probably moves on, being like, "Hey, I was just following policy. I was just following the policy." Yeah, he's a dickhead. Whatever. Oh, I'm sorry, sir. I'm sorry, ma'am. The car was reported stolen, but the cops are on their way because we already called them. Just like, oh, oh, you son of a bitch. These people are trying to kill me. Oh, Justin. Justin, there, there is, there's a special place in hell for you. I love the progressive direness of the situation matches with her her uh, wedding dress because it starts off this beautiful stark white w- wedding dress, um, you know, has lace and everything, these poofy kind of sleeves, this big poofy like you know, long dress skirt part area whatever. And as things go on, she's got to make some modifications. One for mobility's sake, and two, I think she tears off one of the sleeves to like patch up her hand. And then, yeah, by the end of it, it's torn to shit. I think the, you know, one of the legs is, like, out. Uh, the, the lace is barely held together. If that, the back's scratched up. It's not even white anymore. The whole thing is, like, kind of a velvet color. <laughs> Just drenched with blood. Uh, it's... Uh, I've read one of the fun facts for this movie where it's just like there's 17 different versions of this dress they had to make. That's awesome. And 17? Wow. Like, that's a costuming department that, like, truly gives it their all to really, like, fit their their character, you know? Yeah, it sounds like a lot the, of fun. This dress goes on a journey, and you get to see it happen. <laughs> dress is the truth. You know what else I do also really respect about this movie? What was that? In... Movies where there is a female actress who is, um, like, either a lead in some way, you'll see them get bloodied, but you always see them less bloodied than other people. This movie did not do that. This movie made sure you knew this woman went through as much hell as you're seeing on the screen. And I like that, because it adds at least to selling the fiction, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, by the end of it. Like, oh, my God, Michael Bay films are, like, so bad at that. Oh, my gosh, they're so bad at that. How many transformative action sequences would you see where, like, Megan Fox's character gets blown up, rolls around in the dirt, she gets up, makeup's perfect. I mean, they'll, they'll usually put, like, selective, like, smudge of dirt in, like, a sexy place or something. <laughs> one one cut across the cheek, but not that much blood. Yeah, you get, like, Rafiki going in and putting, like, a thumb across, like, a cheek or something. <laughs> She's fucked up, and she looks like she's been through a journey, and we've gone through this journey with her. <laughs> well, another part I did like about this movie as well is the conversation Alex has with his mom when she asks, "Why did you leave us?" It's just like, I don't know, mom. Maybe you know, you just have a, a day when you realize sacrificing goats with a mask on in front of a fire is not normal. Yeah, and then adds that line where he just says, "And the worst part was is that it felt." Yeah, feels bad, man. Um, and then, um, but then it also they they also have that line where it's just like if your family is okay with it, you know, if your family tells you it's okay, then it's okay. Where it's just like, 
No, I don't believe. I'm sorry. I don't hear that. That's that. Uh, <laughs> that is not to- like I'm. I'm sorry. Excuse me. Like, are their families really like this? Because, who? Wow. You failed as a parent if you did not give your child any sense of self agency. How do you uh, how do you buy his uh, his turn to joining the family at the very end? You think it was conceivably done or convincingly done? Yeah, I think it does. Because I, the line where it points out where it's just like most people have courted for like three years or something, it's just like you guys have known each other for eighteen months, where it's just like, yeah, I could believe it. Where like. It was like a like for Alex. It seemed like it was like a desperate attempt of trying to like gain some sort of normalcy in his life, but he was never actually a normal person to begin with. Yeah, because he makes like first off, he doesn't tell her what's happening, what could potentially happen, because he knew she would leave, and he doesn't want her to leave because he wants what he wants. Yeah, and then he is going to try to save her and protect her during during it. But then by the end, when she real like he starts asking that question, he's like, "You're probably gonna leave me, aren't you?" Where it's just like, "Dude, dude, like, she is covered in blood. She has just murdered your mother, who just tried to kill her, while her mom, while your mom tried to tell her at the same time, like, I were, I thought you would replace me, but you don't deserve a family." And it's just like a lot of shits going on in her head. This is not that time. Maybe give her a couple years of therapy before working on that aspect of your relationship. Maybe just try to be there for as a friend. That's when you realize he does not love her. He doesn't truly love her. Yeah. He wants like it's um it's another form of possession. Yeah, I was gonna say she's like a prop for him, but possession I think is better. Exactly. Because if let let me tell you probably what would have happened with Alex if they didn't pull the hide and seek card. Sooner or later, he would have been back with the family, and he would have been touting Grace as, like, look at me, I married a normal person, so I understand everybody else. Yeah. While still, you know, trying to convince Grace it's okay to sacrifice goats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of wonder. Like, so it is at least, like, I I, I believed it. But, like, I'd never really liked Alex to begin with. Daniel was dope. Alex sucks. Yeah, Alex, um... One, like, because, you know, for the most part of the very beginning, it seems like he's a good guy. You know, he's, like, kind of, like, doesn't want her to be part of the game, but, you know, realize he has to because, you know, they're there. Um, but the big cracks in his, yeah, and, you know, he tries to hide her, tells her the rules, you know, all the stuff to keep her alive, goes out of his way, you know, to keep her alive. The, not, you know, taking out the fact that she's in this position to begin with, <laughs> but... Uh, so they said him was a really good guy, but yeah, the cracks kind of really start to show when one he says, uh, he says that line that you said, where he said, um, uh, "If I'd have told you, you wouldn't have, you know, married me, or you wouldn't have come, and all that stuff." And then the other part is when he, uh, she, when you know, when they meet in the hallway, she's talking about like how crazy it is, people are trying to kill her, and he's explaining all this stuff, and he turns around on her, saying like, "Well, you're the one that wanted to meet my family," <laughs> and like, ooh. Okay. Come on. Buddy. No, don't say that. What who are you? <laughs> who the fuck are so you? That, those are no. those are the only hints you get early on, and they are pretty damning uh, early on when you when you get to you're already like, alright, this you know, you don't know whether or not he's gonna be a you know, complete bad guy, but you already are like, Oh, he's not a good guy. <laughs> That's for sure. 
And then, yeah, once he makes that mm. turnover, I was, it was pretty believable because, one, he was already thinking, oh, she's going to leave me. And you have kind of like this toxic masculine, like, you know, like, oh, you know, if if she's going to leave me, might as well kill her kind of thing, you know, kind of mentality. And then secondly, the fact that she had killed uh, his mom. At that point, yeah, it was pretty believable that he was going to be a re- he was going to, you know, yeah, join the family at that point. It just... From the get-go, like, once you find out, like, he is hiding something from her, like, you, you, are, you already knew that there was, like, something wrong with him with the way he was treating his family. Like, the way he, like... Yeah. You already know there is something kind of wrong yeah. in that sense. Like, you can consider that a red flag. Yeah, but once again, I would have Because, been, like, like, I'm not saying, like... Like, and again, here's what I... I I maybe shouldn't say red flag because it is a situation where, like, if maybe you just come from a bad family and, like, you're the only decent person in your family, it's not, like, a red flag in a sense where it's just, like, um, like, if they let you at least meet the family or explain it so they you they you get to prove their point, yeah. you know, that's, like, oh, you're a good person, your family just sucks, then you can, like, resolve that. But he is just, like, he doesn't want her to interact with them at all because he knows deep down, too, that, like, besides the like ritualistic thing parts of his family is try- like becky was probably the person he was most worried about like he was probably worried about his mom the most yeah i imagine so because if there was anyone that was going to be- convince grace of like the bullshit they do it was going to be becky yeah probably especially because she would she would have uh, been really wanting to have an actual family so to have a close-knit relationship with the mom i think it would have done her in yeah yeah but i just Alex is an asshole, and he proves it by the end. And I, I, I can believe. Was that? I can was Alex the little child of the very beginning that rats out the, uh, um, the aunt's husband? No, was Daniel. It's Daniel. I think because he had a line in there um, that he was like, I don't know how much he remembers, but I was trying to protect him from it. Like in the end, it's just like that's and that's like the memory that haunts him. Like uh, yeah, to like that day, he hates it. Yeah. I guess that's also why he kind of has, like, this horrified kind of look when, like, the little kid says, like, she shot him because everyone else was doing it kind of thing. Because like, maybe he sees himself in that child. Oh, my gosh. Uh, the way he treats the game box with such disrespect because, like, he fucking hates every moment of it. Yeah. And, uh... His name... The actor's name is Adam Brody. Uh-huh. Him and Samara Weaving are my two favorite parts of this movie. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, you know, because they're, they're the good guys, but I think even the bad guys, they, they play their parts really well. They're so fun. Um, yeah. But, yeah, the kids, the kids are tastefully blow up in their own little splatters of blood, tastefully done. Yeah. Because everyone else is like this big, Out, off screen, big cartoony so explosion. Off screen, And then, like, yeah, Emily grabs her kids and, like, runs away as if that's going to help, and you just hear this little, like, poof, poof. <laughs> and then there, you see blood coming out of that hallway, and you're like, "Oh, there they go." <laughs> How cute! <laughs> but yeah, the, the the fucking like blood explosion leaves nothing. It's just blood. You never see any guts. You don't see skeletons or anything. They just explode into blood. Just the blood. And it's kind of hilarious. Oh my gosh! The uh, the balls the dad has by like grabbing the box and turning to, um, the. Yeah. Like LaBelle, LaBelle's chair is just like, I am in control. I have done everything right. Yeah. <laughs> they don't care, man. 
They don't care. I also really like that one part, speaking of rich people, though. Like, when she's running away and she's out in the courtyard and she's actually able to squeeze through the fence to escape, she makes it on the street and there's, like, a car coming. She's trying, screaming and trying to flag him down, you know, for help. And I think any person who's seen any horror movie knows, like, you know, or thinks it's like a trope. It's gonna, like, oh, no, it's going to be one of them or something like that. No, it's just some random dude. He sees her and is like, get the fuck out of the road. He drives off. And her just line delivery on her say her just frustration of going like fucking rich people, what's wrong with you? Uh, it was she sold it so well. And I think at that point is when I was saying how like we saw Exorcist three and I said how um, the detective was like the most um, uh, reasonably frustrated man in all of cinema. The female equivalent to that might be Grace. Yeah. Very much she's so. She's very frustrated this very movie, and I think so. she's allowed to be. All right. I guess, I guess, is there anything else you can think of? Anything you want to bring up? Um, nah, I don't think so. I mean, we pretty much got all of it. Cool, cool, you know. No, yeah, I think that's about it. <laughs> and I guess we just have to ask the question. Ready or not? So did you like it? Oh. <laughs> um... Yeah, yeah, I like this movie. Like I said, I was the only one who'd seen it going into it, but I'd only seen it like the once. And I thought it was pretty cool when I saw it. It's a lot of fun. It's a fun movie. It's kind of grotesque. It's a little kind of fucked up, but it doesn't take itself too seriously. The character, the the comedy hits. Um, The CGI is a little wonky, but yeah, it's fine. It's, It's, like I said, it doesn't take itself that seriously. Um, And yeah, the characters are fun even if you know they're not likable they're at least a fun non-likable uh the set's really cool costume design's really cool we you know with the dress as we established but everyone else is also dressed really nice um the robe the you know their cultist robes are a little generic but um you know it's it's a fun movie so yeah i liked it square on yes so did you like it i'm gonna say that this is a good movie and critically, I can't really say much to change that. You know, it gets it tells its story, it gets the job done. I did not like this movie, and I would probably never watch it again. And it's yeah. simply just because this is not a movie for me. This movie doesn't play off any of my fears. It plays off my anger, and it plays off my anxiety. By the time this movie was over, it took me an hour to get to sleep just because I had to unclench my jaw because I was just so angry at like everything i had seen because you know i i know we as humans it can be very dark and very terrible and like have like monstrous impulses i see it every day when i listen to the news or watch the news or just get on twitter for god's sakes so to just watch that in a movie doesn't interest me it just upsets me like it just isn't for me like, I'd rather watch a monster film or a supernatural horror or anything else than something like this. Because it's, it's kind of like the Saw movies, too, where it's just like, I get it, but it's not for me. I come to, the, I come to film to kind of be, like, swept away, to, like, be lost in the fiction. And with this, it, I'm not really lost in the fiction. I'm just kind of... Still a good movie, so if you want to give it a shot, give it a shot. Just wasn't for me. Did not like it. All right. All right, Kaz, what do you got going on in your life? Uh, I don't know. I usually have Jake and Anne here to help me with things. Um, uh, well, we're most of the way through October, and Anne and I finished some of the uh, games. Let me see. 
me and Bubs are going to do, I think, another Resident Evil game since we finished the 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 Dark Pictures. Didn't know that there was going to be a season two, so that's exciting. Um, and then yeah, I started Signalis. This is very Resident Evil like in its puzzles and its inventory, so I'm having a very Resident Evil time this <laughs> this uh, this Halloween or this October. Um, so yeah, you can catch that uh, on streams. We stream. Uh, Pretty much every day, except if we're feeling, you know, tired. <laughs> um, you can catch that at Second Respawn. That's twitch.tv forward slash the number two, the letters ND, and the word respawn. No spaces or letters in between. Uh, and then, yeah, we also do this podcast usually live on Fridays at uh, 10 o'clock Texas Central U.S. time. Um, except when we're not feeling like it again. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's what I got. What do you, what do you got going on in your life that's so special, Squaring? Um, I've got this podcast that I love to do, and so if you've enjoyed listening to it, we ask that you share it. Maybe see if a certain episode tickled your fancy, say it to someone who might also like it. Word of mouth helps us out very much, and we appreciate it. Um, if you want to see what I'm doing D&D-wise, you can head over to uh, twitch.tv forward slash smittybro, S-M-I-T-T-Y-Y-B-R-O, to see the VOD of the recent D&D stream we did, um, where I was the dungeon master. Um, I have another D&D stream taking place on uh, November 5th on at twitch.tv forward slash mizzicat, M-I-Z-Z-I-C-A-T. Uh, where these are all original stories I have come up with, um, with new players for each one shot, where you can just stop by and have fun. You don't take them too seriously. Uh, and other than that, you can find me on Twitter uh, at Sir Squarin, S-Q-U-A-R-I-N. Uh, we want to thank our editor at Tucker Wins on Twitter uh, for editing this podcast every week for us. They put in so much work to make us sound listenable, and we appreciate them gladly for that and uh we have some exciting things planned with our editor in the future that we hope you will look forward to kaz do you want to announce what next week's movie is since it is your movie next week yeah i got to pick this one uh yeah <laughs> it's uh Wesera, the bone lady i think or bone witch bone i think witch it's bone or something lady. like that uh, anyways, yeah, it's a Spanish-speaking film, I think. Uh, I don't actually know much about it. I just heard someone talking about it on a podcast. I was like, oh, that sounds fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> pick that one. Um, yeah, so if anyone has any um, aversions or phobias about childbirth, um, this is the one for you. It sounds fucked up. <laughs> I love how you say it. it's like if you have aversions to that and it's really like like some of the worst things that happen to you and it's terrifying for you, this is the movie for you. You're going to hate it. Oh, I'm sorry. Do people not uh, like watch stuff that freaks them out like I do? Shit. <laughs> I do watch stuff that freaks me out. Any ocean-related stuff, that's what's going to get get me freaking out. All right. Well, I mean, that's that's about it. I mean, don't trust rich people. Yeah. In fact, let's eat them. Let's eat them.